Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azov and Stefan Rosner. Your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the ball. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of The Back Check. Brendan and Stefan with you, as always. We've got a great episode planned today. We're going to dive into our Christmas wish list for the New York Islanders and New York Rangers. we got a lot of hockey to talk about as well. Both teams had their third and final meeting against each other prior to this holiday break, and both teams are in the thick of a playoff race as well. So how you doing today, buddy? Doing good. Uh, yesterday was an eventful, eventful night at UBS Arena. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, yeah, everything's good. I mean, Looking forward to my uh, movie and Chinese food tomorrow. So, uh, I was excited <laughs> the, for that. The Jewish tradition, you got to love it. We'll probably be joining you down here in Tampa. Just, you know, I think it's what we all do on, on that holiday, especially when we're not with our significant others who might be celebrating. So it's definitely going to be one of those weekends. We got a football Saturday, at least today. So we got something to watch, even though hockey's on a hiatus. But hockey will be back next week. It'll be back in full force and Usually, I know numbers-wise, it's not the halfway point of the season, but usually once that Christmas break ends and the calendar starts to turn, I consider that the second half of the year, and that's when you kind of know what teams are really in the thick of things, what teams are starting to fall out. And right now, the Rangers and Islanders both sit in a really, really competitive Metro division. And I I just tweeted out this morning, I'm not sure if you saw it, but the Islanders have 40 points and are in sixth place in that division. They'd be fourth or tied for third in any other division in hockey. And that's just the way that the Metropolitan is. They really might have another year where five teams from the Metro make it into the postseason. And one good team is likely going to be missing it because of that whole thing. So it, it really is crazy watching night in and night out. These teams don't lose. Like the Rangers were on a seven-game win streak. They're still in the wild-card spot. Pittsburgh had a seven-game win streak, lost it to Carolina, then ended the Rangers' seven-game win streak. Carolina's on a point streak of 152 games. They don't lose anymore. They replaced the Devils who now don't win. Uh, just five, six teams within 10 points of each other, and all six teams have 40 or more points. It's just crazy. You got to love the sport, and you got to love the NHL. That's why we love this league. It's so tough. I think the Metro is going to come down to the last week of the season. I really do. I think – I mean, I'm not sure about the East, but it's just – it's so tight. And this is why, you know, when you're playing those bad teams, you can't really afford to lose. Like the Islanders, look at their road trip. They went one, two, and two on their road trip. They played some tough games. They maybe should have had more points than they had. But, you know, you had a two – they blew a lead to the Arizona Coyotes and lost. I mean, that's – again, Arizona Coyotes, they're a professional hockey team in the NHL. They're not a team you should be losing to. So, like you said, this is – you know, we count this as the halfway mark. This is really – 
the time for all these teams to get healthy, get on a run, because especially the Islanders, they're a streaky team. They've always been, and we haven't really seen them go on that that 10-game win streak that they could really use right now to get back into this race because as they look at it right now, they're two points shy of the Capitals for the second wild card spot, third for the Rangers. But like you said, it's 10 points from first. That I mean, it's it's crazy, but at the same time, it's an opportunity. And again, teams are going to stay hot, but we know, how, we know how the Metro works. The Penguins are hot right now. They usually go on a run toward a little later in the season, so maybe they're getting it out of the way now. Capitals just lost Carlson. I'm assuming he'll be back right away. I don't know if he has any head injury. His ear came off his head, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, I mean, it, it's tough. One injury, two injuries, that could really do it for your special needs to keep players. Yes, it really can. And and the crazy part about the division, though, is it seems like when they're playing teams outside of their division, no one loses. And then the only time that you're really gaining any ground is when you play that each other. And fortunately for a lot of these teams, like the Rangers and Islanders just finished their three-game set. So they really have no impact on each other's seasons the rest of the way, which I think is ridiculous because if you had a game scheduled, you know, sometime end of May, uh, end of May, end of uh, early April, end of March is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) If you had a game scheduled towards the end of the season, that has a lot of impact. But right now it's going to be when the Rangers play a team like the Penguins. I think they have two more meetings scheduled with them. You have a couple of meetings left with the Hurricanes. So those are the games where the standings can either be larger in gap or come closer in gap and for the Islanders who are looking to make their way up they're going to have to hope that those games don't go to OT right I think that when I watch you know two other teams in the Metro play I'm always like all right I don't really care who wins this game just don't go to overtime you don't want to see both teams getting a point and keeping that gap in the standings and it's really going to be something crazy and I think that you know the Rangers over the course of the last 12 games I believe they're nine two and one over those 12 they they really had a measuring stick of games where they have played good teams and have won. And I actually am lucky to be going to the game next week when they're here in Tampa. And that's another, you know, the type of game where you could really test yourself out. And we already know that they have that natural rivalry because of the conference final, they beat them on opening night pretty convincingly. It was probably one of their best games of the season. And now they're going to be in Tampa in a place that the last time I watched the Rangers a Tampa game in Tampa, I was, living on cloud nine for the first 25 minutes and then completely miserable for the last, uh, last couple of periods there. So it was, it was rough. So I'm hoping to have some bragging rights this time. Well, let's start off with you, Brendan, for the Rangers, you know, Christmas wish list. What is it for the Rangers? What do they need to do to, you know, go more up in, in these standings here? Yeah. The Christmas wish list, I think is pretty straightforward as much as I want to put like trade deadline acquisitions or anything like that. Yeah. They don't have a ton of cap space, and I think that it's more so the team that they have now. They need some new, better performances. So to start things off, I'm going to start with the captain. I think the Rangers need to turn around in the second half from Jacob Truba. So that's item number one on my Christmas wish list. We saw what Truba could do last year, right? I know everyone talks about the hits, but I think that last season he actually had one of his better defensive seasons, and especially his best defensive season since becoming a Ranger. And that's the type of player they need. They don't need him to score points. That's what they have Adam Fox for. Andre Miller starting to get that in his game as well. Even Schneider is. So they need Truba to just be that solid defenseman. He cannot be getting beat like he has been. Uh, he cannot be on the ice for as many goals as he has been. They need him to turn it around. So that's item number one for me on the Christmas wish list. Item number two, we're going to turn to Alexei Lafreniere. I think that it's time for him to step up. We've seen Edel take strides, even though he's battled some health issues. Even Capo Caco has looked much better this season, especially when it comes to confidence with the puck. And I think that that was 
that that bore fruit in that Rangers Islanders game when he turned the puck over, led directly to a Barzell goal, and next thing you know, he comes down, scores the game winner. So uh, I think that that has to start happening for Alexei Lafreniere. They need him to control the puck, to stop dumping and chasing, to learn how to make more plays, have more poise with the puck, and continue to pile up points. He, he has 17 points this season, so he does have more points than Kako, but at the same time, we need more from him. Like you don't really notice him. And the fact that he's a first overall pick that you're not noticing is probably not a good sign. So we need to take that step, even though he is still young. And my third thing, we'll, we'll go with number three is to not play Sammy Blay. I think that that is item number three on the Christmas wish list. And I know his struggles. I know that they lost the Buchnevich trade. I think they lost it when it happened, but he's made that, that he signed that, that, that affidavit saying we lost that trade and he has no goals in his Rangers tenure at all. I know he missed the majority of last season with an ACL tear, but he has no goals. That just speaks for itself. Johnny Brzezinski looks better when he plays, and Julian Godier looks significantly better when he plays. And I think that when you're looking at that, that's all it has to be said. If one of them gets hurt or one of them struggles, you could then reinsert Blay. But I think right now, and evidenced again by the Rangers last game, which was against the Islanders, Julian Godier had a goal and an assist. And he's not going to get a goal and an assist every night, but when you're, he's out there, even in a fourth-line role, he's noticeable. He's fast. I think he might be the fastest player not named Chris Kreider on the Rangers, and he's noticeable because of that size and speed that he possesses. So there's no reason for him to be a scratch over Sammy Blay, who has legitimately done nothing in his Rangers tenure that warrants him playing, especially over an upstart Julian Godier, who is below 25 years old. I think he's either 24 or just turned 25. So let's keep that. Those are my three items we need to turn around from the captain. We need an increase in volume of points from Alexei Lafreniere, and we need Sammy Blay to remain a healthy scratch uh, unless warranted for him to be in the lineup. Well, Merry Christmas to Sammy Blay and his family. Yeah. Um, Listen, he's an NHL player. He gets paid, right? I have no sympathy for that. I, I know he wants to play, and if he wants to play, he should probably produce a little more so that he can stay in the lineup. But uh, whether it was high school hockey, travel hockey growing up, if there was a bubble player on the team that was a sixth you know, defenseman or one of the last forwards that would play, you didn't get thrown out there every game, right? If somebody was playing better, they played more than you. And this is the NHL. This is the professional hockey league. So you, you got to you gotta realize that. And you know, he's making his 900000 $1 million, whatever it is. He'll be fine. Uh, his feelings might be a little hurt, but this is his last season as a Ranger. They signed him to a one-year deal. They're definitely not bringing him back with the way the cap is and the way he's played. So let him, you know, go somewhere else next year and try to re- refine and revitalize his game, not with the Rangers. All right, so the Islanders' Christmas wish list is pretty simple, and it's just to get healthy. I mean, this team, for the first month and a half of the season, everyone was thinking, wow, no injuries. I mean, Clutterbuck was in and out of the lineup here and there, a couple of banged up guys. But now they enter this break with four players on IR. Adam Pellick, your top premier defenseman, who, by the way, has not skated since his injury on December 6th. He got a difficult hit from Robert Bartuzzo of the Blues. He was off balance. Pellick's head went right into the boards. He got up and didn't know where he was, it seemed like. And, yeah, he hasn't skated, which is not a good sign at all. You got Cal Clutterbuck on IR. You got um, Kyle Palmieri on IR. Again, that's a top. Kyle Palmieri is, is a scorer, and this Islanders need five-on-five five goals and not getting that. He's out of the lineup. Yeah. And you got Semyon Varlamov, who has bounced back tremendously after a very tough 21-22 campaign. He's been unreal, and especially when Sorokin was struggling, he, he was carrying this team. He, he's, been, he's been incredible this season, and he's out now with a lower body injury. Casey Ezekias did not play last night. 
uh, Friday night in the Islanders 5 and win over the Panthers. He's day-to-day. We have no idea how long he'll be out. Most of the Islanders' day-to-days turn into IR stints. And then you had, in during the game, Brock Nelson takes an Alex Romanov clear attempt right to the back of the head or the side of the head, cuts him. He leaves. He goes off. He doesn't return. And then later in that period, Clement Holmstrom is skating through the slot and gets a knee-on-knee with Sam Bennett. He stays down. He also lost a tooth, got slashed on the play. Just a, a mess of a play. But Holmstrom needed to be helpful off the ring. Couldn't put any pressure on his, his left leg, and he did not return as well. You're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six everyday players. I'm counting Holmstrom now because he's established himself as I think is a bottom six everyday player when, you know, when he could play, obviously. And you're one B goaltender. I mean, the Adam Pellick injury could Adam Pellick injury and Brock Nelson injury, your your best defenseman, your best all around player in Nelson, those could be catastrophic. And Simon Holmstrom has been arguably one of the better defensive forwards in the NHL since he was recalled. So that's another major injury if he's out long term. So, yeah, health. Yes, the call-ups, Hudson Fashing has been great in his role. They do have Ross Johnson if need be, but they don't have that much depth in the minors. They have Dufour, who's not ready. They have Isakov, who, who's played well, but he's, he's 5'9", 165, and he's played during preseason and training camp. When he gets hit, he stays down for a while. So who knows if he could be an NHL player. And on the back end, you know, you can't replace Pellick. Salo tried. He struggled. Witherspoon comes up, plays pretty well, 25-year-old, making an NHL debut. We have to see if he can hold up. I don't think Samuel Boldick's ready. Second on the wish list is for Atu Ratu to prove that he is a legitimate NHL. I mean, Vernon, we saw the goal last night. Guy makes his NHL debut and just shows off. And uh, the smile on the kid's face after the game in the locker room, he's on cloud nine, as he should be. Scoring an NHL debut doesn't happen often. Playing in the NHL, not many players can say that. So this guy, Atu Ratu, he, is, he fell in the draft stock. Uh, he was a second-round pick, but should have been a first-round a first round pick. And... Uh, COVID really destroyed his his seasons leading up to the draft, but now he, he looks to be a bright spot, and the Islanders could use a prospect of that caliber to come up and be a skilled top six player, especially now if Nelson's out. He could probably slot in as your number two, and if Sezikis remains out, he could stay on the fourth because even Martin and Fashing played pretty well. Brendan, I don't know if you saw the goal, if you want to give your take on it and what he did. I, I mean, that is what I've been looking for from some of the Rangers youngsters, right? He cuts to the yeah. middle and scores on it. And I think that when you're young and coming into the league, it's the little things that obviously make a big difference. And the fact that he had the confidence in game one to take the puck kind of from towards the wall, cut to the middle and shoot in one motion. A lot of times younger players are looking to defer in those situations. And he took it right to that. I think it's one that Bobrovsky ultimately would want back because it kind of beat him between that seven hole area. But yeah. that's a beautiful goal, especially your first one. You want to see that puck go in and to get in that early in your career is now he might just start playing with confidence. And like you just alluded to, they need that. I mean, if he can come in and and start to produce offensively, that does alleviate some of those injury concerns. I think that we've said at least a hundred times on this podcast. And even though I'm more on the Ranger side, I think that Adam Pellick is neck and neck with maybe Jacob Slavin as the number one defensive defenseman in the league. And you can't really replace a loss like that. You mentioned Salah was trying to fill those shoes. You can't. Uh, most defensemen in the league can't. So it's not really a knock on Salah. It's just how good Pelic is. So that, to me, is the biggest one. Luckily for them, they have a little bit of a three-day break, four-day break. I'm not sure when their next oh, game uh, is. They play Tuesday against the Penguins. Okay. So you got a, a, the weekend off. So for Nelson, he took a puck to the head. You know, that's not good to see, but as long as there's no major damage, if it was just yeah. some leakage or anything like that, he should be getting back sooner rather than later. So the, the mini break comes at a good time for him. But like you mentioned, the 
just the rash of injuries, it, it, it hurts. And whether it's hockey, you know, any other sport, the healthier teams are usually the teams that wind up winning. And yeah. even though you can't control health, it definitely doesn't help. And no one's going to feel sorry when they're playing them. And, and that's the tough part. And I think the last thing for the Islanders is because of all these injuries, they need certain players to step up like Oliver Wallstrom. Yes. He's been much better defensively, but he has no goals in his last seven games in 34 games. The series only has seven goals. And I understand, you know, when, when Josh Bailey's playing on the top line, he, he's it's, it's tough to generate because of the turnovers and yet Barzal turns the puck over a lot too. But, you know, Wallstrom's a guy that is supposed to be a skilled forward, a sniper in the NHL. And when he has a lane, he's got to shoot it and score. And we just, he's been, I want to say invisible because he has done great work in the defensive zone and he's tried to create, but I want to see a lot more from him. So yeah, my three things are get healthy, have your prospects that you call up, play well, like Atu Ratu, keep doing that. And you got to get, you know, your depth. It's next man up now. That's what it has to be. It's always been like that for the Islanders. And usually, you know, that's how the Islanders are going to succeed this season, especially with all these guys going down is who's going to step up and, and take the reins there. And the Islanders could so use Wallstrom stepping up and scoring some critical goals down the stretch here. Yeah, they definitely could. And before we move on to anything else, you mentioned Holmstrom injury. We have to talk about it because I know yeah. my reaction right off the bat was how how is that not called a kneeing? How is that yeah. not even reviewed for a five-minute major? Um, to me, Sam Bennett's intention probably is not to no. go through the knee, but as soon as he missed, he went through his knee. And if it, it doesn't matter if you were trying to hit shoulder and completely missed. It's a kneeing penalty. And the fact that two refs and two linesmen – missed it completely that the only penalty called in that play was the slash that should have been a five on three for the Islanders. It should have been a five minute major and it should have been a completely different start to the third period. And granted it didn't hurt them in the long run. They won the game five, one. Oh, it didn't hurt. Them. It might hurt them in the long run. <laughs> well, that it might hurt yeah. them injury wise, but it, you can't, you know, give health to due to a penalty call. So the, the refs really missed one bad there. And that, that was as blatant a knee as I've seen in a long time. Like, I, I think it was Shaw in Minnesota got suspended two games for being yeah. uh, Carlson. Um, yeah. That, the, the Bennett one was worse. Yeah, I've never seen a player go through. Like, you see collisions at center ice or through the neutral zone, people clip each other. It's like, all right, ton of, they're in pain, which I get. But I've never seen someone like that drive through his knee. He said, there isn't Holmstrom's knee, I'm going to run through it. And he did, and... Bennett's a repeat offender, I'm pretty sure. Not for kneeing, but just in general, is a repeat offender. Holmstrom is in a vulnerable spot. Yes, he's cutting through the slot. Yes, injuries happen. Holmstrom did not make a move to, you know, Bennett wasn't going for the body and missed because Holmstrom didn't move. Bennett was never going for the body. So that's the issue I have there with that hit. Obviously, we have the break coming up. I don't think we'll get an announcement until Tuesday morning. I don't know if they can even make announcements until Tuesday. So we'll see. I mean, I would say I'd be shocked if there was an announcement, but we know NHL player safety and George Powers works. This could very well not be anything. Um, I don't think it helps the cause that there wasn't a call on the ice, but at the same time, the, the NHL really has to look at this one because it's egregious, it's violent, it's dangerous. And I'm not saying there's intent, but Bennett's got to know a lot better than that. And I know, again, I think after the game, he said it was unintentional, but you got to be smart in that. That's a guy's career in jeopardy. Obviously, we're, we're going to hope if you're an Islanders fan, that Holmstrom didn't have any, you know, damage to his knee, especially long-term, maybe it hyperextended. I mean, you always have to talk about the ACL, which usually is a non-contact injury, probably really hard to, to snap it there. But we'll see. He's he's a, he's a more important – Holmstrom's more important to the Islanders team than I think many realize, given what he's able to do defensively, especially with a guy like Pelik out. 
and maybe with a guy like Nelson at where he plays such a defensive game and now his offense is coming alive. You know, he scored his first NHL goal against Vegas. Yesterday he rings the the, the crossbar or the, or the post from the slot on a nice move. He cuts the slot there. He's probably on his way to his second career NHL goal. So it's a tough loss. Every loss to the Islanders is tough when you don't have a superstar. And by the way, I didn't add to my Christmas list. The Islanders have to go and get a legitimate high caliber scorer. Yeah. Um, that's probably more of a talk toward the deadline, but I'm not sure if the Islanders could wait that long given where they are in the standings. Yeah, that, I mean, every team could use that top quality scorer, right? Like the Rangers happen to have a couple on those top two lines. The Islanders need that, but we've been having this conversation like deja vu for way too long yeah. you know, when, when it comes to the Islanders. And I think it's, you talk about five on five play, you talk about scoring, but I was watching the game last night and watching their power play and their zone entries. The only way it's rough. And the only way they ever enter the zone is if Barzell is literally carrying the pocket. Uh, He has to skate the puck through a couple of players to set up any type of offensive zone time and pressure on the power play. And then after that, they're passing up way too many good looks at the net. Uh, There was a couple where Dobson had, had yeah. a one-timer opportunity. He went back to the short side or even Pulak had a one-timer opportunity and passed it up and they wound up settling for a long range wrist shot. So, and they allowed short, they always allow shorthanded opportunities. That's the it's problem. Tough. Again, you get a high caliber elite goal scorer. He helps yeah. the power play. Exactly. I mean, and probably is a game changer for the power play. And it gives like, if you just throw a Patrick Kane name out there, right? If yeah. you had him and Barzell on the same unit, that gives two options that could basically do the same thing, right? I know Patrick Kane. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Patrick Kane is older now. You know, he's not necessarily having the analytic year that everybody wants to see. But you give him a puck on a power play, he's going to be able to do the same exact thing that Matt Barzell can do. And now you can put them on opposite sides. Kane's a left-handed shot. Barzell's a right-handed shot. So it literally works out perfectly. And that doesn't only help you uh, on the power play, but it should help somebody have some secondary scoring, especially given a change of scenery for him. I know that you had mentioned him as a target, which is why I use that name. But there are a couple of names that will be out there, especially as we get closer oh, to the deadline, that will help. I think Timo Meyer. It's. I mean, I, th- I think it's going to. I wouldn't be shocked if the return on Horvat is greater than the return for anyone else, just because centers. I mean, they. It's just historic. Teams give up more for centers. That's how it works. But I mean, Timo Meyer would be a get. Two way guy, grinder, goal scorer. That's the kind of guy that you play with Barzal. I mean, any of these guys at Barzell would probably wreak havoc, but Timo Meyer is also young, and he's just elite. He's an elite guy, and I think, and I look at Barzell as the backstrom, and he needs an Ovechkin. Now, of course, there's only one Ovechkin, and just understand what I'm saying is he's a playmaker. He needs someone to finish chances, which is why backstrom and Ovechkin have been so good for so long. I know backstrom's been out all year, but it's because you know without backstrom, Ovechkin has his goals, sure, but. You need a passer for those for those goal scorers. And right now, Barzal is the ultimate playmaker. He's towards the top of the NHL in, in assists. He just needs someone to bear more because he is not, you know, you look at other teams, their elite superstars could do it all. Just talking about Patrick Kane, goal scorer, playmaker. Barzal can shoot, and he shoots more than people think, but at the same time, he's not looking for the shot. And you need someone on his wing that's going to be looking for the shot, which we thought could be Wallstrom. Get the puck, let it go. Wallstrom's focused on his defensive play. It's taking a hit on his offensive side. They just need someone to come in, an NHL-ready talent, already proven NHL talent, to come in and light the lamp a lot more and help this Islanders team, especially when their defense isn't as locked down with guys missing. But in general, it wasn't as locked down as it's been. They need to now make up for it with more offense, alleviate some pressure from the defense and the goaltending, which has been superb all year. So, 
yeah, the Islanders definitely need things, but health, health, you're not going anywhere if all these guys remain out. Of course, yeah, that that is the biggest thing. And Timo Meyer, I I love Timo Meyer. We've talked yeah. about him on an episode in the past, and he's 26. He's on the last year of a six-year, 24 million dollar contract, yeah. so he's going to a four-year, 24 million dollar. He makes six a year, and yeah. I think that when you look at what he's going to wind up getting. That's why I don't think the Rangers can pull something off like that because of the cap situation. But for the Islanders, they can. And if you can have – I know Lou doesn't like to make moves unless he kind of has them verbally say we're going to stick around and he could sign an extension after. Yeah, That's somebody that if you can keep is is worth trading a couple of prospects for. He's that good. And listen, I understand, like, Bo Horvat, why would he ever sign an extension? Or a guy like Patrick King. Like, if they go to a team and they go on a run, and the team doesn't win, or they get bounced in the first round. First off, some of these guys like Kane has never been a free agent. He's never yep. tested the market. I think he would want to see what his options are over the summer, especially if he goes to a team and it doesn't work out. Let's say he came to the Rangers, came into the Rangers, and they missed the playoffs. Just say that. Who knows if Kane wants to stick around? Or Horvat, who is probably going to capitalize this summer and be set for life, obviously. But this guy's having a career year, and he's not a goal scorer like this, at this rate. He's not an NHL-leading goal scorer. He's just having one of those seasons. If I'm him and his agent, you are capitalizing on that this offseason. You're not signing an extension. Unless, I mean, unless it's in the number range that you agree upon. And with Meyer, too, it's the same thing. It's, you know, I don't think my once Meyer hits the free agent pool, this could be his last deal. It probably signs a long-term deal somewhere or a five- or six-year deal. You have no idea. So, But if Luke could convince these guys, I mean, Long Island is a great place. You got the city. You got the beaches. You got the new arena. You got a team that – that's the problem right now. Do people, do incoming players trust that the Islanders could be good for several years? They do have more, they have young talent despite an aging core, but that's what it's going to come down to. Do players want to play here? And so far, regardless of a new arena, whatever's happened, players are passing up that opportunity. Now, I don't know how close the Islanders clearly weren't in Ungudro, as many people thought they were. JT Miller trade falls apart at the draft floor. Kadri decides to go to Calgary, you know, just. Brock Besser want to come here for cheap? Can Lou do that and get another defenseman? Who knows? Downers have options, but Lou Lamarillo hasn't done much with this team. Didn't make any moves this offseason. Now is the time to go and get it. Again, the other thing is, do the Islanders stay in a playoff spot or get close to a playoff spot by the deadline? Because if they're on the outside looking in and the playoffs seem bleak, then Lou's got to sell. So it's a fine line right there what the Islanders are going to do. I don't think Lou wants to give up on this team. He'll never admit to that. Um, but I do think it's detrimental for them to wait. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Horvath's total. So Horvath's had 24 goals this year. He's shooting at 23.1%. Yeah, uh, his career insane. high before this year was last year, actually, at 16%. So it's definitely... How many points? Under- what was his career high in points? Has he ever had more than, like, 60 points? His career high in points was 2018-19 with 61. Okay, how many is it right now? Right now, he is at... I just completely lost it. Give me one second. He is at 35. He has 24 goals and 11 assists. 33. All right, so he's on pace for about 87 points. Yes, he's he's on a little bit over a point-per-game pace, which I think will slow down because, like I said, that shooting percentage is high. But at the same time, he's somebody that's proven that he can score. He's 25-plus goals pretty much every single season. He's His face-off percentage is really good. I think it's at, like, 57%. So anytime you could add a center that can – win face-offs, it's big for your team, especially when you're looking at the stretch run. So that that is somebody who's, you know, out there going to be 
going to be a pickup for for some playoff ready team and for the Islanders who you know the Gaudreau thing this offseason like it seems like they've missed on a couple of players that would have helped them and they have the not necessarily space. yeah they have the cap space it's not necessarily by their fault like I don't yeah. know why Gaudreau would sign with Columbus no but you have a chance to get there's a couple of really good players we mentioned a couple just now and Kane you know Meyer and Horvat but there's going to be some more that are popping up on that market and they have to if, if they really want to make one or two more runs with this group has to start by adding that piece. It, yeah. It even, even, even if this Islanders team was in first in the Metro, they were not going anywhere without adding a high caliber score. We just, we just, it's the same thing every year. You got You got to add. And the thing I'll say about Horvat is he reminds, for Islander fans, especially he reminds me of a more offensive Peugeot. He literally does everything and then scores on top of that. He's power play, penalty kill. He's a captain. He's a leader. He's a grinder, you know, he fits the Islanders mold and it would be a great addition. And they'd have to move people on the wing, you know, but that's something Lambert and Lou would figure out. You're adding a high quality player. You'll make room for him. Yeah, you have to. And that's, I mean, every year that happens in hockey, right? The Rangers got Andrew Kopp last year. They weren't sure where he would fit in. That stuff kind of works itself out. It just really does. The kid line got formed and then Vetrano and Kopp moved into top six roles and that's just how it works. So both teams really are, are – the deadline is going to be interesting, I think, for two different reasons. For the Islanders, it's going to be more so where they're at in the standings at that point and yeah. who they are looking to obtain. And for the Rangers, I think it's going to be can you find a player, you know, like a, like a Mott was last year or Vitrano, who you got a fourth-round pick for. You know, they wound up producing and playing well for you, but they don't cost a lot, and you don't have to necessarily retain them down the line. I think that that's who the Rangers are going to be in line to go after. For me, going after Patrick Kane, as cool as it might sound five, six years ago, for right now it doesn't make sense because of the price you're going to have to pay. You're not going to be able to really retain them after this year. It's just not worth it when you have that young core and you can hopefully build forward from there. So, the Islanders and Rangers are in two different boats come deadline, but they're very similar spot in the standings right now. And a lot of fun hockey left. I know Rangers open up after the Christmas break with a game against the Capitals. So I'm very thankful that Ovechkin scored his 802nd then. So I didn't have to hear about that because I knew it was coming against the Rangers if he didn't score it then. And then they go, like I mentioned, to Tampa and play the Lightning. So very, very big games right out of the break. Keeps up with the trend. and They do tend to play better against good teams. So that's a good thing. Yeah, and for the Islanders, they come back. They play Pittsburgh on Tuesday, Metro Division. Columbus on Thursday, Metro Division. And then they go Seattle after New Year's, Seattle and Western Canada. So you got to beat Columbus if you're the Islanders. I mean, that's got to be a game you yes. you make a statement. And you got to build on this performance. You know, the Islanders beat the Panthers 5-1 on a back-to-back after a, a tough loss to the New York Rangers where you could say the Islanders deserve more in that game. Obviously, a couple of defensive lapses. That's hockey, um, as John Stilling would say. That's baseball season. So, yeah, so we'll see. But for both teams right now, I think the Islanders obviously are in a better spot than they were a year ago at this point. Last year, you know, the COVID-19 just gave them no shot. Now they have a shot this year. But for the Islanders and Rangers, competitive hockey right now in the New York, Long Island area. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. 
it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And we'll see what happens after this break. So before we finish off, yeah. I want to ask, do you think the Boston Bruins will lose in regulation again this season? Yes. Because they are on some kind of run right now. Who, who, they, wait, who would have thought Boston, first off, forget the Mitchell Miller stuff for a second. That's detriment and that, that'll never be forgiven. When the season began, everyone said this Boston, this Boston team's not going to make the playoffs. Too many injuries to key guys. Pasternak was hurt, right, too? Or he was uh, – Pasternak was not, but Marshan was hurt and McAvoy yeah. were definitely hurt. But the um, Pasternak, people didn't know if he was going to remain or they're going to yeah. move him or whatever it is. And now this Boston Bruins team is an absolute unit. And it's not even Jeremy Swimming leading the pack. It's Linus Olmark who's on his yeah. way to Fresno. <laughs> That's sure. what it seems like. The one thing that does give me worry about them come postseason time is goaltending still. I know that they have Olmark who's playing out of his mind right now, but come playoffs, that's a different animal. They they couldn't get past Carolina last year, and I think that there was a couple of goals that he probably wanted back during that run too. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I, right now, I mean, I don't know how you how you look at them and go, they're not the cup favorites. Everything is clicking right now. Now like they got. Yeah, what's funny is that the Islanders probably should have beat them in regulation when they played them before, mm-hmm. you know, on their road trip. But the Devils, too, another team. Do you trust their goaltending? I don't I don't think the Devils are going to be where they are. I mean, we talked about this on the last episode that I thought they were going to come back to the pack. I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. But every team besides them went on their win streak simultaneously to them going on a losing streak. And the, their 13-game win streak was completely erased because of that. I don't know what exactly the standings are right now. I think that they're they have 46 points. So they're four points back of the division lead already, and they have a three point lead on both the Penguins and Raiders. So they're they're basically in a race now. And based on how they've played against good teams, I don't think they're going to even finish in the top three. I think they have enough to finish as a wild card team just because of the offensive talent that they do have. But uh, Vanacek's been solid for them. But uh, to me, they're still one year away for really being elite they're going to be elite they have way too much depth and they haven't even added luke luke hughes to that lineup yet <laughs> let me ask you something as the teams on the outside looking in do you think the panthers find a way to get in no no i, I don't think they're goaltending strong enough right now i think that the trades that they made were questionable at best when they were made and yeah matthew kachuk's been great for him but one player does not equal the the two that they gave up. Franchise so, player in, in Huberto and Uyghur? No. Yeah, and <laughs> honestly, it hasn't really worked out for Calgary either right now. They're on the outside looking in too. Yeah, I mean, that's a trade that that organization is going to look – I think I said it on their show right away. So the Panthers – I think I tweeted out on the show. I said the Panthers are 100% missing the playoffs now. You take guys like that, again, it's not just about their play. I mean, Huberto has been there through everything. He's like the Josh Bailey for the Panthers, except – Hirudo puts up over 100 points. Yep. But, um, yeah. I think that I mean, the, the Islanders and the Sabres, I, I am looking at the Sabres right now because Tage Thompson is just Thompson unreal. Tage is a freaking machine. But the, the one thing that will scare me about the Sabres, like I mentioned, is goaltending. Yeah, I mean, I Craig Anderson is is not what he was when Ottawa was going there. You, you could say, yeah, not even close. But you could say the Capitals, too. Do you trust their goaltending? I mean, Darcy Kemper, yes. He's a Stanley Cup winner, but – he made. He, he wasn't no. a goaltender. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I trust Darcy Kemper enough to get them to the playoffs, and the fact I mean, that Tom Wilson's coming back, Lindgren's played out of his mind, so that becomes yeah. an actually one-two good combo. Yeah. Like they're they're hurt too. Backstrom's out. You mentioned Tom Wilson's out, so they're going to get healthier. And every year we talk about the Penguins and Capitals get older in age, but they just know how to get there. So I yeah. I have more faith that the Capitals can maintain it. The the problem becomes is that like I said, there's those are five teams in the Metro now that are in the playoffs and you haven't even talked about the Islanders making it. And if they go on a run, we know that they have that capability too. Like there's going to be one team that's missing the playoffs that should really be making it. Detroit only has 32 games played. They're at 35 points. So if they make up the difference between the three teams in front of them, that's three games and they win all three. You're talking about, they have 41 points now too. So they're right in the thick of things. Buffalo has 34 points in 32 games. It, there's a lot of good hockey teams this year, especially in the East, and it's going to be right. a very close race. You had to pick one team that really disappointed so far up to this Christmas break. Who, what team would you pick? One team that disappointed. I'll go first. I'll give you some time. Right. Ducks. They have been, you know, you thought, okay, they get Klingberg. Another year of Trevor Zegras. This is a team on the rock. Shannon Kirk, right? You know, this is that's on the rise. They're ready. Gibson as their backstop. I mean, this is the team ready to go. And they are the second worst team in the sport. Nine, 22, and four. Yeah, they didn't take Gibson this offseason. He didn't want to leave. I mean, they have, first off, I think one of the coolest reverse retros. Um, they do. But, yeah, this was supposed to be a year where they took a major step. And, if anything, they took a step back. I don't even know how that was possible. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good one. I think Edmonton's been a little disappointing, but I'm going to have to go with Ottawa just because yeah. they had a massive offseason. You had Claude Giroux, and people start to talk. Cam Talbot comes in to be their starter, and it just it hasn't worked. I mean, I don't know what they have to do there. They got the injury to Josh Norris, which definitely hurt, but they're 14, 16, and 3. They, they just they've lost three straight. They don't really seem like they have the ability to get over that 500 mark and then consistently string wins together. So that's yeah. definitely a disappointing year for them. Edmonton is right now right outside the playoff spot. I, I said Calgary was outside, but Calgary has a one point lead on Edmonton. And that's a team that went to the Western conference final last year. So that's a little bit disappointing, especially when you have probably the two best players in the game and Connor McDavid's on pace to score 70 and have 150 <laughs> points. So if he puts up 70 goals, and if he puts up 150 points, he's the best player of all time. And I will die on that hill. I, I already think it's true. But if he does 150 points in today's NHL, best player of all time. I watched Gordy Howe's 801st goal last night. The NHL account put it out there. He wrapped the puck around. The goalie didn't even go down or move. The, the goalie just stood there and watched the puck go in. If you tell me and, – and listen, Gordy Howe's a legend, right? Wayne Gretzky, they're legends. Look at the goalies and how they played then and look at the goalies and how they play now. Come on. All right, we're cutting that for Twitter, by the way. Um, but, okay, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to have a bunch of people over the age of 45 start screaming at me, and I really don't care because if you put Connor McDavid in that era and just let him rock, great. Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky are two and three, depending on which order you want to put because Mario Lemieux's career got short. And I'm not discounting anything that anybody did, but today is much, much better. I mean, I always go back to the Messier goal. Messier scored a goal against Brodeur on his backhand, didn't even lift the puck. Brodeur is probably the best goaltender of all time, and the puck goes in. It's just, it's a different game. It's a different game. I don't remember what account tweeted it out, but Brodeur faced like the fewest shots out of any Hall of Fame goaltender because they just played the trap back then. And it, well, 
I'm not discounting anything. Like these players were great for their time. I just think that as sports progress and it's not just the hockey thing, they sports get better. Look at baseball. How many people were throwing hundred miles an hour back then? Like or all this Chapman came in. We were like, well, now you have at least five or six people that can do it and players are hitting it. So sports just continue to develop. And that's, that's something that is great for the game. It's something that shows, you know, people are more people are playing it, more people are training harder, and more people are getting better. But Connor McDavid is the best NHL player of all time. Case closed. All right, last thing. One team that has been a positive surprise. Positive. Wow, this is really going against everything I believe in because of I, positivity. I will um, go first and give you another second because okay. I asked the question, so I obviously have an answer. Seattle Kraken, by the way. Yes. They are third in the Pacific. I don't think anyone – I mean, they had to have improved from last year. They were, they were pretty bad last year. But, they. I mean, they've improved. Shane Wright, you know, didn't play much. He was a fourth overall pick this past year in the draft. He didn't play much. Goes to the AHL. They have Manny Beneers, who probably is going to win Rookie of the Year, right? So, He's on I mean, pace, yep. I mean, this is a Seattle Kraken team that – they've wrapped Martin Jones – you know, playing a little bit better than he's played over the last, what, five or six years in the NHL, mid-30s goaltender. So something's going positive right now around the Seattle Kraken and the organization. That's cool because you want new teams to come in here and turn around quick. I mean, Vegas kind of set a standard that was an impossible standard to hit. And I think they've, this year they've bounced back, but they were on pace to be worse every single year they were in the NHL. But they've bounced back this year, of course. But yeah, the Kraken, man. Kraken are a big surprise. I mean, I'll stick out West. I'll go with the Dallas Stars. I think that they had that turmoil between Sagan and Ben. Those two contracts are awful. They're not going to live up to it. Or they're called them out. Yeah, exactly. And now all of a sudden, Ben's playing great. I'm not exactly sure what Sagan's stats are or if he's been injured, whatever that case may be, because I don't follow him too closely. But I know that Jason Robertson's an absolute stud. I know that Jay Godinger's a stud. They made the trade with the Rangers for Nils Lundqvist. That's panned out for him. And they're in first place in the Central, which, I mean, they're probably capitalizing on the Avalanche injury bug because we know the Avalanche are the best team in that division and probably the best team in the conference and league until somebody says otherwise. But they're 29-6. and six. They've got 46 points in first place in the Central. And I don't think if you penciled that division in, you would have had them – in one, two, or three, you probably would have had him in a wild card spot. So that's Winnipeg. my big surprise. Winnipeg too. Winnipeg's yeah. another one there. Yeah, yeah I think Winnipeg's starting to they're they're on that devil track right now. But that's okay for those teams. Are they pack the points up early? They have the leeway to fall. Like Bro, it's not as much leeway as you think. Though. No, but I, you know, it's better than just falling in general and not being where you are. Like Winnipeg is currently four points up on the cut line. Yeah. That's in the Devils. You look at the Devils, they have 46 points. They're four points up on the cut line. So there's really that's that's two games. That's already with the fall, though. That's already with the fall, but you now you got to play these teams. Uh, Rangers just beat them. I'm telling you, it's going to be extremely, extremely interesting to see what teams can hold on. And they very well might. Like you're kind of by saying they only have a four point lead on the cut line, you're you're assuming that they're going to lose games. That's not the case. They might win. But but hockey's more fun when the race is like this. It's a close race, very close. And it's we got 40-plus games left. I'm ready. Buckle up, guys. It's going to be a, a hectic run to the finish line here, but everyone have a happy holidays. Uh, enjoy your Christmas, Hanukkah, and we'll talk yes. to you. Have a good one. The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at Back Check Pod. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 